Celtics Blazers tomorrow night, Darrow. Uh, are the Blazers as bad as the Celtics? Yeah, about the same. And now Lillard's hurt. He's out for 10 days. He's got a pulled stomach muscle, which I think yeah. is co- I think it's COVID, but they just don't want to say it's COVID. But So, wow, it's an interesting time. You know, what was it with Antonio Brown? He misrepresented himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Antonio Brown's a d- We know that. <laughs> All right. Tom Brady doesn't think so. Uh, yeah, well, Tom Brady's a d- too. I <laughs> and welcome to the Sports Plus show with Baker, Big D, and Joe. We'll start off with that, but there we go. A, a bunch of a bunch of old and older guys uh, venting <laughs> and, and calling people names who we would just love to be ourselves, which is <laughs> anyway. True. You know, like don't you think there's a certain irony? You know, like most of us, you know, like. We all three of us, we're not rich. You know, we earn, we work, earn our money. And we and we have a debate about how Hunter Renfro at $3 million is underpaid. You know, it's like, that's more money than we make in our lifetime. And yet, you know. Well, and Daryl, you're the one among us who was actually around and and a sports fan when athletes made, you know, like it was a big deal when Ted Williams made $100,000. Right, he only started off making twenty thousand, and they all had to have a, a job in the winter because they didn't make enough money during the baseball season, including Ted Williams, to uh, to not work. But I mean, it all belongs in scale with what the owners are making. And now that the owners are making, right. you know, the franchise are franchises are all worth billions, then all the players should be making millions of dollars. And it's funny though, we talk about being underpaid and overpaid in the. You know, the, the Blazers just fired their GM. It's one of these things I want to talk about because they basically fired him for being a jerk. But they've got two players who have expiring contracts, Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic, $12 million. And they're both bargains at $12 million. Yeah. The fact that you can yeah. say that they're bargains at those those prices, it's it's so out of proportion to what even I'm used to you know, as a kid growing up and even probably that, you know, when you were a kid, a $2 million NBA salary was a lot, but again, it's all the owners are making the money so that it should be going to the players because the players are the ones who are sacrificing the most to, to produce the product. Let me, uh, let me just clarify something, Joe. Are you an American? Uh, I am, but I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be for long and I'm glad you gave me that (laughs) opportunity because Matt and I were talking very briefly about this before you came on because you were almost on time today. It was great. Uh, But I mean, this, this whole situation with the Supreme court, and if you saw what Amy Coney Barrett said, basically there, the, this Supreme court's justification for taking away abortion is going to be the fact that there are safe haven programs now in all 50 States. So if you have a kid that you don't want, you can take it to a fire station or a church and get rid of it. And that's supposed to be an alternative to safe, healthy abortion, just completely ignoring the nine months that you carry this child. And just, I mean, there's when we've talked briefly about it before and we're not, you know, we're not a, a, you know, reproductive rights show, although kind of neat, I think everybody needs to be right at this moment because yeah. this is absolutely absurd. And this is something that is a direct product of what Mitch McConnell did when Barack Obama tried to nominate a Supreme Court justice right. with months right. left in his term. And that's, you know, that's where we're seeing. We talk about this all the time, how the Republicans are better at accomplishing what they want than the Democrats. Right. And it's because they use these these 
tactics and that's you know we're just going to continue to see more of that as it as it yields these positive results and now we've got a minority you know a 30 something percent minority of people in this country believe that these rights should be restricted and now they're going to be in control of the other 63 percent you know for decades well now. but it's, it's also bigger than that it's just that you know like we men get to control our body you know we get to we get to make all the decisions about our body women give birth and and yet we're telling them that they can't make decisions that affect their life you know are they ready to have a kid are they you know is the kid healthy the, is the fetus healthy you know it's decisions that right now they can make and they should be able to make and not to uh, you know you're both fathers i know you both love your children but not everyone is is not everyone's life is set up for them to be a good parent. I got, I got a vasectomy a year. Oh, wow. Just about a year ago. And I wish I had done it when I was 18. I never wanted kids. I would have made, it would have made a whole lot of experiences, a whole lot of less um, stressful, you know, <laughs> the moment. And again, like I said, Darryl, we have control of that. And it was so simple. Like I walked into the office, it took an hour and a half. And I yeah. walked out and I could have driven myself home. I didn't have to, but yeah. I could have. And I was, you know, up and walking around in a couple of days, like, yeah. you know, like normal. So it's, yeah. it's something that I strongly recommend to every man because, and Matt, we talk, we talk about this a lot too. I don't know how you could want to how you how you must be so apprehensive about bringing kids up and that kind of leads me to something else i wanted to talk about which was these school shootings that just keep happening and we just had two in the last all right week. but let's let matt let's let matt weigh in we've one, been we've been one thing, the, one thing at a time one thing at a time here too yeah yeah you know so here's let's we could circle back maybe to get into a little bit more of the baseball because i think this is a little bit more pressing and and a little bit more obvious. It's more important. There's more important things. And than when it comes to sports, kind of how I feel about this is personally, I, I am not pro abortion, but I don't think it is our government's job and right to make that choice for us. I well, guess no one's pro. I, I, I know no I'm one's, kind of on the fence on that, but no one, no, no one's pro abortion. I don't think right. anyone is. Yes, and I think are, People are, are pro-choice, and that's the you know that's why that's the terminology because people are, are pro-options and pro-freedom, and not you, you, no one's no one's no one wants more abortions. No one is promoting that. Well, and I think I was gonna. I think this is where the political talking points and and the dirty game of politics always get in the way, and and I think it's people who are pro-life would use that argument well then you're for abortions and it, it's not that like i said no. for me personally i am fortunate I, i'm taking my time to speak here because i realize i'm a male talking on this and so i, I want to make sure i don't i'm not trying to offend or upset anybody and, and i know it's a female's decision it, it's it, i do believe it's their body um i'm fortunate that I was never in a position where I had to have a conversation and a, and, and a discussion with a female about making a choice about whether or not to get an abortion. I do think I would have been, this is just me, 
if I ever was in that conversation with a female, I would have been against the abortion. I would have wanted to take ownership of that, but I realized that just would have been my opinion in it and the discussion that I have with the female. So I just want to, so at, at most, you're saying at most you get 49% of the vote in that, in that matter, right? Yes. Ab- okay. yes. Right. yes, absolutely. That would have been my opinion on it is that, right. Hey, I, I, you know, this but is, it, this it, is what I would prefer, but it's your, it's your option. Right. You, that, you that's how, that's you, how yeah, I feel. Right. Um, I don't think it should be one of those flat out, you know, no, you can't do it. There are, there are reasons why some health reasons why people need to get abortions, um, I am, I'm, I'm more against it in the sake of like, uh, um, like, a, a birth control, try to, to use it, but I don't think that's mostly the case. I, I think, no, I think that's rare exceptions. It has happened. It happened. Had arguments about people. And yes, it did some, there was, especially when it first became available, it was, some people did use it like that, but honestly, Having an abortion is not a great thing to do. It's an awful thing to do. Well, now we have the, you know, RU486 where, you know, it's basically a, you know, a morning, you know, it's morning after, morning after pill. pill. So you can yeah. do it without having to, you know, if you know, do it right away, you don't have to worry about what might be happening four or six or 12 weeks down the road. Again, like we're all trying to talk delica- delicately around it, but we all are in support of the same thing that it's when a a woman gets pregnant, it's her absolute right to choose what to do with that baby. And the best thing for our country is to have healthy, safe, accessible services for women that aren't, you know, these sort of, you know, fake front Christian based places where they bring you in for reproductive counseling. And then it's all about adoption and it's, you know, it's some sort of, Christian run thing. So I think we do need, and that's where the, the, you know, there's, you get this, the same argument, right? Like, well then I'm, I'm for it, but I just don't think the government should be involved. Well, the government has to be involved at this point. The government has to be the one, at least if not providing these services, at least fostering the environment where groups like Planned Parenthood can do so in all 50 States safely. And we're very quickly I mean, we're going to be there in a couple of weeks. Next summer, there'll be 20 states that allow abortion and 25 that don't. You know, it's the unfortunate thing that's going to happen. And it's not good because, I mean, I I remember in the early days, the the way people tried to self, you know, abort or use whatever. It's sort of like right now, the anti-vaxxers, this is like really shocking. They um, are basically paying for dirt and eating dirt. And that is how they are protecting themselves Wait, from what? the what you, Wait, what? They're what? eating dirt. They're eating dirt. Cool. Uh, this company is selling them dirt. And it's claiming that it's it gets rid of the vaccine. Sort of like, what? you know how um, people that were against gay people could like pray out the gay to get rid of it. You know, kind of that's what they, they that this dirt treatment it's not called dirt. It has some fancy name. I gotta look this up. But, it's, but it's dirt. They've come, they've done the composition of it. It's dirt, and it's not doing anything. And people are, they're smearing it on their babies. They're, you know, it's just, it's incredible. I just heard about it last night. It's crazy. So they've given up on the horse dewormer now, and they're moving right to the horse to the horse feces that's mixed in with the dirt. Yeah, great. Yep, yep. No, the new thing is this product, whatever it's called. 
which turns out to be dirt. You you drink it. You um, you you make a bath and put your baby in a dirty bath water. You know, it's it's nuts. Wow. But it's sort of you know, it's kind of the scary thing about America right now. The we say that like we have the greatest science. We have the greatest. You know, we're you know we're doing so much, and yet we have a significant amount of the population that refuses to be fact-based. This is the greatest wisdom and the greatest ignorance at the same time, I guess, yeah. is where we're yeah. stuck. The best of times, the worst of times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can't speak for why, you know, getting on the vaccine stuff. I, this, I, I'm going to try to find out what you're talking about with this dirt stuff. Cause that's crazy. That sounds crazy to me. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, we, we've talked enough about the vaccine and, and why some people choose not to do it and why some people choose to do it. You know, I, I think it, it's, if nothing else, all of this process though has showed us that with science and the scientific process, things change. And as you learn more, you adapt and you, you learn more. And I think just, it, is it fair to say that just that alone could make some people cautious and hesitant about getting a vaccine. No, you've Not never seen. You've that never seen. Work. You've never seen. Commercial. Now, when you look at like so, all the people that are getting sick are unvaccinated. All of yeah. them. I agree. Not all. Well, no, actually, no, no, actually not all, but I'll tell you what, a friend of mine, uh, Matt, he's a lighting guy for, um, he works for a bunch of different tours, but right now he's with, um, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Oh, nice. Nice. So they were in town last weekend coming through Seattle, did two shows in Portland on Sunday. He tested positive for COVID on Sunday night and they're all vaccinated because they're traveling, you know, in buses together. So now he's been, they put them up for a week in the hotel. They say, or you stay here for a week, send him a bunch of food and, you know, pay for his hotel for the week, but he's been stuck there. And he's, you know, he was fully vaccinated weeks and weeks ago before he got exposed. But I think he's also had no symptoms. He feels fine. Right. He's yes. been yeah. trying to move around. Yeah. So so I think, right. It won't stop you from getting it. It's going to stop us from getting sick. Yeah. I mean, I just think, like I said, I don't want to, I, I just, We've all seen commercials on, you know, hey, have you taken Roundup or have you taken this or have you done that? You might, you know, the FDA has come out years later and said, hey, this might be cancer causing or, or things like that. That stuff happens. And, and I'm not, I'm well, not. Hold on. Well, let's point out the giant difference between Roundup and the COVID vaccine. The Roundup was, was, was created by a, a chemical company trying Monsanto. to sell, trying to sell more chemicals. The COVID vaccine was created by health organizations trying to save people's lives. So you no, cannot, I, I, please. Yeah. Let's, no, let's I, yeah. let me actually, thank you for interjecting. That was the first thing that popped into my head. I'm, I'm not really prepared with notes on vaccine because <laughs> I didn't think we would get into it, but, and you're absolutely right. I'm not comparing to, and there are a lot more eyes on the vaccine. Look, look, all right, this is going to sum it up and then I'm done. I don't believe for one second the vaccine is going to turn anybody into a zombie. It's not going to grow <laughs> you an extra arm. It's not going to, they're not implanting a microchip into your heart. I wish it would grow me an extra arm. I could use a pair. But I do think, and, and you guys might push back on this, what I do think is that there are, there's a lot of money at stake. And I think there are a lot of people in power who are making money, the more vaccines that are made. And I think it is money driven. I just, I, 
you are not going to turn into a zombie. In my opinion, right. That I'm, you're not going to grow an extra arm. There are a lot of people, a lot of powerful people who stand to make a lot of money and a lot more money. And I think it will continue. And it's money driven, like everything else in this world. I think a lot of this is power and money driven. So are you saying there are consciously decisions being made by government officials to make the pandemic last longer or be more severe to generate more income for the companies that are making these vaccines? Say that again, because I want to make sure <laughs> no, I understand. No, no, no because don't say it again. I do. I, Let's let it go. I, I think Let's I want to say yes. No, no, I do. No, no, hang on. I'm just because I'm, I'm just kind of curious. So do you think that the, the government policy that we have now is a result of those those government officials actively trying to make the pandemic worse to help these companies make more money? I don't know if I would say they want to make it worse. I think or last longer that I think, well, I think it's here. And I think government officials have realized that they could take advantage of this situation and make more money. I'm not trying to trap you into an answer, but I think there's those companies are already the, we don't need to do anything special to help the pharmaceutical companies make more money. They're already making enough. So I don't think, I I think that's, that's maybe a half step too nefarious even for me. Yeah. But they, they, like I said, there's, there's a zillion ways. They're still, they're not done pushing Oxycontin yet. Like there's. Well, I'm glad you bring that up. Like, so before we sit there and think that every doctor and every scientist has your best interest in mind, you can't deny the fact that, I mean, people are sitting in jail right now. Doctors and scientists are in jail right now because they lied about Oxycontin. Here's a true story. No, no, no. The company, no, the company lied. Sackler, Sackler, lied and they're not in jail yeah the doctors that are in jail are were employed by by these companies so they, they were, were told, not here's the true were story. Told that there was no no repercussions taking a lot of this exactly and, and we know that's a lie and you know should they have believed it no but but that's what they were told i i i get, I get what you're saying matt pharmaceutical companies do lie but i think okay. in this case so oh go ahead go, go. Well, I, and i'm not one to believe in corporate altruism but i believe that in this case, again, like these people, even as individuals, you have to look at these people who are making these these decisions as individuals. And for them, a vaccine helps them too. Like you can't sometimes a financial cause and a social cause do overlap. And then you can't necessarily fault, you know, the, the structure set up that somebody's going to make money off of this. I don't think it's any worse because it's because there's money there, I think. The money's in the money is in this healthcare system we have anyway, which is a giant disaster. Which we could do giant a whole other, we could do a whole other podcast right. just about right. that. But yeah. uh, but so um, if we if we make just, it, go ahead. If we venture off COVID for one minute. There's well, something I, I want to we do. I want to take it back to abortion for a second, if we can make things <laughs> even more awkward. But go ahead. With would you guys you guys finish up and then just a quick touch up on that and then we can move on. To I other just things. wanted to share. It, it, because I do, like I was 18 years old, my first knee surgery, and I was prescribed 10 milligram OCs, oxycodone, cotton, whatever, whichever one it was, with three refills at the age of 18 <laughs> after my first ACL surgery. Okay. Now skip ahead. I don't, I don't even remember what it was. The last surgery I had, so that would have been maybe five years ago. 
Um, so at the age of 32 now, five years ago, same surgery. Now I get, and I'm, I'm glad it, it tightened up, but you get one bottle of five milligram oxycodones with, with a prescription of Narcan. And so I'm, I, I as a 32 year old, I could not get my painkiller prescription filled. This was after my last ACL surgery without also having a prescription of Narcan that it just, it went to show that like, wow, this stuff really, really is dangerous. And there are a lot of people who are struggling right now with addiction because they were told by their doctor, nah, you're good. I mean, I look back at it and man, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful that my parents didn't just let me eat these like M&Ms. And I, at the age of 18, I very easily could have been become addicted to these painkillers and all because there was money to be made and whoever was set to make the money, there was money to be made. And so maybe that's why I have this sort of skewed vision on it. I just, you know, there's money to be made here and people who can make it are taking advantage of that to make money. But I think you just illustrated that there's money to be made without without having to do it through the vaccine. There's there's plenty of other ways to do it. I'm really curious, though, because so that you that second surgery was five years ago, right? That was my well, that was my fifth surgery. It was my last. The last one I had was five years ago. So my last back surgery was four years ago. It just popped up in my uh, Facebook memories the other day. And um, I, I remember having exactly the opposite, the opposite experience. And I was in Idaho and it just tells you the difference between how some states have reacted to the crisis. But in Idaho, man, I'm a white guy, middle aged guy. I could have had all the morphine. In fact, they gave me more morphine than I wanted. Finally, to the point where I said, you know what? This is making me actually making me feel worse. It's not relieving pain anymore. So I called the guy across the street that I got my weed from. And I got a bag of weed and that's what I, and it, believe me, smoking pot w- did way more for me yeah, than these absolutely. massive amounts of morphine. And what did it for me, and I just, you know, they, you're still in pain. Here's more, here's more, here's more, here's more. And I remember at one point, I thankfully I was still with it enough to do this, but going online and looking up what the, the you know, maximum therapeutic and lethal doses yeah. of morphine were. Yeah. And I was like close to the maximum therapeutic dose, dose, which was a quarter of the lethal dose of morphine. So basically that's, wow. they considered that a healthy amount or at least an acceptable amount. And that was yeah. the point I was like, you know what? No. And it still took, you know, weeks to get, get yeah. tapered off get all that. Of but, yeah. Yeah. but I think it's, it's funny just because, you know, I wonder what would happen if I went to Oregon, went through the same situation here in Oregon, I'm sure it would be much closer to Massachusetts than, yeah. So um, one thing I wanted to bring up last week that I didn't get a chance to is this $252 and the NCAA and UMass. So what happened was Bamford found that there had been two instances in which a UMass athlete had received more money for their off-campus phone connection than they should have. And so it was like each person was like 126. It came to $252. They reported it. Bamford reported it to the NCAA. The NCAA vacated the tennis tournament 
and gave basically dropped a death sentence on the UMass tennis program. Woman, Judy Dixon, the women's team that had won like the A-10. It was like ridiculous. And this is for self-reporting. UMass self-reported and the NCAA jumped down their throat and gave them a penalty having nothing to do with the really accidental overpayment of two people for their off-campus phone bill. It's a crazy story. We all know how we feel about the NCAA, and I think I think they're right. not. I think they're, they're right not, there with FIFA and the Olympic well, Committee. Well, I think they're not long for this world either. Right. And, right. And, yeah. And so, if I might jump back uh, quickly, and then we can move on to happier things. But uh, you know, we talked about our where our Supreme Court is right now, right? And this, you know, the fact that Barrett said that you know now that you can drop your kid off at a at a fire station, then you must because pregnancy is so easy. Yeah, God, good, good Lord. Well, I love the the line you hear all the time that if if men were pregnant, you'd be able to buy abortions at Seven Eleven. You know, it's funny. I, I've been talking about going to Mexico, and I was probably a couple few weeks ago on the show. I think well, I sort of declared my my I've had it final straw moment that I'm going in the spring, and you know that was one of the things that had sort of made me a little bit hesitant to go to Mexico because it's got this reputation as a very Catholic, very conservative country. But in November, their Supreme Court just said, hey, we can't restrict abortion anymore. So now it's it's funny. We are just now sort of passing. We're crossing them going in opposite directions right Right. now. I mean, they just legalized uh, cannabis for the, the whole country. So there's there's ways that. You know, and you know, they already have healthcare, so it's it just yeah. seems yeah. It, it just the the it seems like since I made that decision, I keep getting hit with these little signs that it's the right thing to do. So, Viva La Mexico, see ya. Well, and on the UMass level, the UMass men's basketball team—it's too early to tell. They're playing Harvard tomorrow. That'll be a good test because Harvard, under T- Tommy Ammon Ammon Ammaker, is a really um, good team. And so it'll be interesting to see how they do. They played one of the more entertaining games I ever saw against Rutgers. They were behind the whole game, the whole game, the whole game. They were behind until the buzzer at the buzzer. Fernandes hit a three pointer that gave him the victory. I've like never seen a game in which a team was out of it. They were down 20. They sort of got back where they were close and then they just kept closing it, and they won it at the buzzer. It was such an exciting thing. And then the local newspaper, which is supposed to cover this, didn't cover it. <laughs> I must be getting old because it takes me a while to catch up once the season starts. Like, there's just so much going on right now. I'm still headfirst into the NBA, and Formula One's got its last two two races coming up, and there's actually a championship battle this year, and there's just, like, I'm not ready for college basketball yet, and I mean, it's, <laughs> December, it's December already. I mean, you sort of, you know, we're three months from the tournaments. Yeah, and it's college football. Like, what's happening in college football? You know? Well, Jim Harbaugh got his win. Oh, we haven't yeah. we talked since um, Michigan beat Ohio State? I don't think so. I no, no, because we talked about it Saturday. Yeah, no, he had lost five times before. Yeah, 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 and it was a good game. No, I, I thought Ohio State was going to win. Michigan won, so now Michigan. Oh, no, we did, we did, we talked about it last week. We, we yeah, did. we did. Yeah, I tried to, I tried to rub it in. You wouldn't take it, so. 
no, I, look, I, I thought I thought Ohio State was going to beat Michigan, and I, I would still say this. I don't think I was wrong. I think if Ohio State had won, I think this would have been Harbaugh's last year. I will say this. I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I learned this this week. After last year, Harbaugh went to administration and restructured his contract. Yeah, yeah. Which so that I, I backpedal on that a little bit, and I didn't know that he basically said, "Look, I'm not living up to my contract, whatever it was, like seven, almost ten million dollars." And he's like, "I'm not worth this right now." So he basically restructured it to almost about two and a half million dollars, and with the incentives, "Hey, if we beat Ohio State, if we make yeah. it to the Big Ten championship, if cool. we do this." If we make it into the top four, we, you know, I get this. So it's more uh, incentive based, which given that, you know, uh, because I, I like Harbaugh, I like Michigan and Joe, I agree with you guys. He, he, he does a better job. He graduates his kids. The kids are ready. They go to the NFL, but look, boosters don't, I, I just think being real and being honest, boosters don't care about that. Boosters want <laughs> Michigan to be Ohio state and, and if you're and, losing, and Alabama to beat Auburn. Yeah, you know, that's what you're paid for. Look at so segue into what has happened now with Brian Kelly. And you know, it's it's a bunch that's of that's pretty bizarre, isn't you it? Know, right in the middle of the season. It's, it's it's USC pokes Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. And did you hear what Lincoln Riley's getting? Aside from his millions of millions of dollars, he's getting his own private jet four <laughs> seven. 365 days a year, him and his entire family have access to a private jet. This is a bunch of boosters getting together saying, we're tired of, of losing in the Pac-12. We're tired of, you know, being seen as less than UCLA. We need to do something. Let's pony up. Which and, sounds you know, which sounds great until he's six and six his first two years, then they fire him. Fire the boosters, him. I'm telling you, I, I don't know whether you're for or against the boosters, but I can tell you this: they destroyed Texas football because what happened? Yeah. They've gotten to the point now where they don't tolerate a coach for two years if he doesn't win right. twelve right. games, right. and it now no, now everyone's afraid. Now everyone's afraid to take that job, and they can't get a, a top notch coach to come coach that team, which. 10 years ago was one of the premier pro was like the job. That was the job that you left other jobs for. But this, this Brian Kelly thing, man, I, it just, he, you could, he, well, you could not handle this and he could not have handled this any worse. Right. Like didn't tell his team found out on Twitter and then he had mm -hmm. a meeting showed up for like seven minutes and then took off and just to abandon a, a program that has a chance to win the national championship. Yeah. They're like to, fifth out of the four top teams to, to, go right to, a, to go to a school whose season is over. Wait two more months, wait three more months before you announce it. Can you not shut up for three months and keep finish the job that you have? But the problem is if a kid wants to do this, they got to sit out a year. It's it's, oh my God, I'm going to have a friggin' stroke talking about it. Take a deep breath because I got you, Joe, and I'm not far from you on this. Matt, I want to give you an opportunity to expound on the two hot teams, the Washington football team and the New York Giants. Wait, wait, Come wait. On. No, let's, uh, we'll let's, let's finish. Let's, let's finish. We don't Come have to on. talk about the Giants every week, please. <laughs> please. They're, they've got like, they've won two out of three, haven't they? Yeah, and they're still, no. they're still terrible. Who cares? Yeah, anyway. Let's. Let's go back All to right, this. How about the Washington football team? Oh, hold, let's look. finish one, one thing at a time. Let's go. <laughs> let's finish one thing at a time. Uh, when it comes to Brian Kelly, 
I agree with you. He he smells like doo doo right now. <laughs> uh, he and, and I think there's no other way to put it. I think how all this unfolded. I don't know who leaked where he you know he accepted his new job, but I mean his players found out via social media, which is how everything happens now. He. He sent all the team a text message. I, uh, I read you know, it. You like, know, Matt, I did, this, this is, and maybe this is just me being a little old fashioned, but before you even make that news public, you go to your team. If anybody's, well, if anybody's going to leak it, it's going to be one of those players. And you know, if, if that, if that coach has respect of the respect of his team and he goes into a team meeting and says, look, I'm doing this. It's a great personal opportunity. I haven't yep. announced it yet. Give me 15 minutes those players would give him 15 minutes to make, to do that himself. So you do that first. I agree with you. I'm not, I, I don't know who, who did leak it. I don't know who did. So that, that's the only thing. I I don't think it was, I think that was, I think it was him. I think he put it on his own Twitter. I think that was the, that was the announcement. If if, if that's the case, then he smells even more like, (laughs) because I, I, I agree with you. My, my only defense within this whole situation would be who did leak it? Did he want it? It wasn't a leak. It was an announcement. Yeah. So, but, and then you get, you, you can talk about how if a player did it, you know, the boosters have made and to go back to, to what you were saying earlier, they've kind of made this, they've taken away the, loyalty they've taken away the the pureness of the college sports and that's where i think it's unfair to continue to call the college athletes the amateurs because of the boosters and the amount of money and the pressure that they throw at these coaches um you know there's no reason why a coach needs to be well i shouldn't say there's no reason you know i guess if somebody's willing to pay you money that's i guess that's the reason why you get it but there's so much money involved in it. There's so much that goes to the coaches. There's so much that is taken away from the players. Um, the whole thing is a mess. And so we'll see what happens. I think in situations like this, I think for a year, maybe two, Brian Kelly, I hope he does have to answer tough questions when he's sitting in somebody's living room and me as a dad, you know, I'm going to want to know, tell me what happened with Notre Dame. You had a good thing there. You know, I don't have a problem with him leaving. Right. Because maybe he knows you're never winning. You're not winning a national championship at Notre Dame. They might win one this year. Are they really, though? They might yeah. have. They're very they're, close. They're to not the- even in the top four as of right now. And, they're and without fifth, being, they're, they got one loss. Okay. All right. But but I, they you're going to. All they need is in, somebody to misstep in those four. And they're right got, there. Off well, the top I don't of my think head, they even need to, to do that because I think there's matchups among the other four teams, and one of them is going to get knocked out. Matt, the one thing I want to say about the boosters, though, is that the boosters' money doesn't get to the players. And even now with the NIL stuff, that's outside money that the players are getting. So I don't think the boosters do anything for anybody and then never have. And so the, the fact that the players aren't sort of beholden to them is – whatever faith I have left in the NCAA system, that's it's in that the NIL 
money will free the players up enough to revolt when they have to. And, you know, it was, yeah, uh, we almost got into the MLB lockout there for a second. Oops. Save, save, save myself. Just so right now you've got Notre Dame at six, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, Oklahoma state is at five. Notre Dame is at six, Ohio state sitting there at seven. They're, they're done. But you've also had Notre Dame. I mean, even if Notre Dame, if they somehow were able to sneak in and, and let's say, I don't know what the situation, how it would have to play out. Notre Dame sneaks in there at four. They're beating Georgia at one. Well, but I don't think the fact whether or not they're actually going to win the national championship doesn't change any of the circumstances around his departure and how sleazy he was about it. And, and there, there was no leak. There was, it was him saying I'm leaving on Twitter. That's how that happened. So I'm just, there's, but, and then we, you know, the, the other part of, of Brian Kelly that no one talks about is that he's apparently a giant, I could bleep this one out too. He's apparently he's a giant and he is, he's one of these sort of bully coaches, which kind of are, are we okay being done with Brian Kelly for now? Can we move over to basketball quickly? Yeah. I mean, you could finish your thought. I'm just writing down your timestamps for you. So you it's easier. It's okay, good. Um, so uh, another guy who just lost his job for being a, a was Neil Olshay, the, president GM of the Blazers who there had been a month long investigation. And if I might plug myself here, go to uh, ripcityproject.com because yesterday I wrote a column that said they really need to speed this investigation up and fire Olshay. And they must, Jody Hallen must read my column because this morning they fired Neil Olshay. So another <laughs> column about all that and what that might mean for the team, but it's, um, it's getting more common to see, Coaches, it's been more in the, on the college level, but to see coaches particularly lose their jobs for this, for this kind of abusive behavior. And this is something that he's been known for for years. And it's a little suspicious that, you know, just now it's becoming a problem. But it was just it was because someone in the organization filed a complaint. And I think people are finally feeling a little more empowered by. Yeah. You know, teams, the, the, the structure around these organizations is getting more corporately, more standard corporate. So there are these sort of like protections, workplace protections in place. And it's a little bit encouraging that somebody like this isn't just allowed to be a steamroller over everyone in, in you know around them. We'll see how long it takes the team to recover from it. I mean, they're, they seem to be a pretty forward thinking organization, but it's really been it's been a weird situation because they announced this investigation a few weeks ago and then you really didn't hear anything about it except that it was being extended and deepened and then all of a sudden this morning he's gone so uh, you know a good thing for the team a good thing for the city especially with the you know they're like the Celtics they're hovering around 500 the Celtics are coming in Saturday they're going to have to make some deals and the the NBA trade market really opens up on December 15th when all of those players who signed in the offseason become eligible to be traded. So there's going to be a lot of all-star caliber players get traded this season. The, um, and the Celtics need to do something. What they'll probably end up doing is trading Marcus Smart, which I really – I have to say I love Smart. Will you, take McCollum, he, will you take McCollum for him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but I wish they didn't have to because he makes, he makes boneheaded plays. He can't shoot. But – at the end of games, he makes steals that are so phenomenal, um, plays that are just 
it's just it's like preternatural how good he is at making really clutch plays. So anyway, but the Celtics are they're show, sort of showing that they're not they're not the Nets. They're not a championship team right now. They've got to do something to to change things. And Smart is the one that will probably go. Well, the, but, Blazers, um, the Blazers are in the same spot. And so they've got Nurkic and Covington with these expiring contracts. And they've got McCollum, who's good, but overlaps with what what Lillard does. And Lillard just does all that stuff better. So I think he's going to be the one to go. And that seems to be a great deal because that's exactly all those things you just mentioned about Smart. That's exactly yeah. what the Blazers need. They need somebody who can guard oh. three positions. And McCollum does exactly what you need. He'll he'll stand outside the three-point line. He'll create room for for Brown and Tatum to do their slash and you know their cut and right. slash thing. I think that that would be a great trade for both teams. And there's again, I hate to keep plugging my own columns, but keep an eye on Rip City Project because I'm working on another one that's actually three trades that the Celtics and Blazers can pull off. I was in the middle of doing it this morning when they fired the GM, so I had to switch off. And, <laughs> but one of those, but the ideal trade is that sort of McCollum, the, the, those three for, I think you're going to have to give us back Williams too if we give you Nurkic and and um, Covington, but the salaries match up really well. and Both of those deals expire, so can always reset at the end of the season. So there's a lot of deals that make sense between those two teams. And the other thing I heard is that, uh, Danny Ainge is a possibility for the Blazers GM job. He's an Oregon native. He went to U of O. He's from Eugene. So that that would be um, it'd be an interesting way to spark some activity. Between you know, and Ainge, Ainge made some really good trades. It looked like he was really setting the Celts up for the future with all the draft picks. The draft picks just didn't work out that good, except really for Tatum and Brown. But um, yeah, except except yeah. for two two potential well, all stars, right? Yeah. Right, but I, I mean, remember. it wasn't it wasn't enough to build a championship team. They're still missing something. Well, I remember, I think it was uh, Mike Greenberg talking about this, and and basically calling out the the Ainge and the Celtics and and how they built their team. It's different in the NFL where you need a lot of draft picks. If you're rebuilding a team, you want a lot of right. those draft yeah, yeah. assets um, to fill a lot of holes. In the NBA, you don't necessarily need a lot of draft picks to win a championship. You need well, now you kind of need two dominant players and a, and a third solid player, and then you're you're you need to have a good team. The Celtics, what they did was create a roster with a lot of good players, but missing that dominant takeover a game. Lillard, Joel Embiid, Curry. I mean, even Joel Embiid, given his position inside, he's a great player, but I don't know. You guys know more of the NBA. Is he that takeover game? I I mean, I think he's become that. I think maybe the last two years he's become that. Yeah. You know, yeah. but what I'm thinking is, and, and again, maybe the Celtics have this and I just missed it, but that dude who's just going to like, you know, come playoff time, you know, Devontae Booker, it, it, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, you look back, Steph Curry, you, you need that one, two dominant players, a third solid player, and then the rest, you fill in your holes as you needed, where the Celtics have a roster of a lot of really talented guys, but just missing that dominantness. Right. I see. I think Brown actually can be that, but I think he has to be free from 
Tatum to do it because again right. they're in the same position that the that the yeah. Blazers are in. They've got those two players basically that are identical. Basically, they're doing yeah. the same thing, right? Yeah. And and they, if anything, the Celtics should learn from the Blazers' mistake because they've kept these two guys together for eight years now, and they've I think I think they passed the peak of what they can do with both those players. Plus, the Celtics lucked out with this Schroeder because he's a really yeah, good yeah. scoring uh, guard. And they got him relatively inexpensively. And he is he is the third offensive weapon that they needed. Um, and so when he has great games, they they really do well. But well, um, and and it's funny you talk about the Celtics moves and they let Kemba Walker go Walker go and everyone said, Oh, that's that's tough. But now he's been benched by the Knicks. Now they're looking to dump him for you know pocket change. But there's 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 a lot, you know, you got Bradley Beal and John Wall both probably going to get traded. Ben Simmons almost definitely going to get traded. Is he even playing? Is he even playing? Simmons, no, no, he's still, um, and he's still. I don't want. I want to be careful here because he's. um, I don't want to say that he's hiding behind the um, mental health concerns that people have been showing for NBA players by sort of. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go that far and say because obviously he does have, yeah, there are psychological barriers to his him performing on the court. So, but he is that's his 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 current curtain is I'm trying to get trying to get to a position mentally where I'm comfortable playing or practicing. So I think that's that's where it's stuck. And the Sixers aren't going to push it, and they shouldn't push it with the end with the. the play. You, you know what's really good about the time we're in is that people can. Wait, something's good about the time we're in? Really? Yes. Yes. That people can express the fact that mentally they're not doing so well and that they need to rest from their particular occupation. And that's good. Do you think a majority of professional athletes see a sports psychologist regularly? That's a good question. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot more that do than we know about. I'll tell you that for certain. I will. I mean, my my first my first answer though would be no because these guys have been the star their whole life. They were the star in AAU. They were the star in high school. They were the star in you know they received that royal treatment. They're used to being waited on and taken care of. So I think they're selfish. But doesn't that does wouldn't that mean I would think as a pro though especially when you look at the amount of time and energy and professional help they get for, to take care of their bodies that that would only at this point would have evolved to where they're doing this for their mental health. That's kind of, yeah, that, that's where I was going to go with that. Like, cause I almost think, I mean, Daryl, you bring that up. I want to make sure I save time to say the exact same thing you did, but talk about Antonio Brown. Oh um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll be quick with this. I just, I wonder if, I would think a lot of professional athletes have a sports psychologist that they talk to just for the, to keep their edge. Everybody's going to have a bad game. And so how do I stop from going into a slump mentally? A sports psychologist is going to help me maybe crack that a little bit sooner. Um, I would be like, that's, I think the next step, I I agree with you, Daryl. I think more people are open about their mental struggles on their athletic court, field, whatever, ice, whatever it may be. But, you know, and I know there's HIPAA and and doctors can't go out. Oh yeah. Well, I talked to Matt Baker. He told me this about his mental health, but, you know, hearing more from 
sports psychologists about these things. I get, but I, but I'm talking out loud or thinking out loud. There's HIPAA. You can never do that anyway. Um, can I move on or Joe, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think there also, there might be a lot of, or some overlap between there might be a lot of athletes that have a combination physical trainer, psychological trainer. And I don't know whether they may not be completely, it may not be a psychologist or a, you know, physiologist, you know, they may not be completely educated or certified in one or the other, but you know, they may favor one or the other. And you know what I'm saying? I yeah. think a lot of, a lot of players may get that, that sort of thing through their, their regular trainers and coaches too. Yeah. All right, Matt, um, what's next on your list? Well, no, Daryl, right. You, you said it, you said it perfectly. They're selfish. And now you have the story, the news broke of Antonio Brown, who is probably one of my least favorite people in the NFL. Um, And was was it the rape or the assault? Which, which was it that (laughs) that you didn't like about him? Well, but I mean, not not even to make a joke about it. He just seems like a pretty uh, selfish, entitled zero consequence for my action type of guy. And I just have, I don't have a lot of respect for that. Um, He showed up to training camp with a fake CDC vaccination card was a teammate talked him out of it. Somehow I'm, I'm missing this part of the story because shortly thereafter he did get vaccinated. So he is vaccinated apparently, but he presented a fake card to start training camp. And it's just the NFL suspended him three games, two of which he's still out with an injury anyway. So he's, he basically gets a one game suspension. I know there are parallels between him and Aaron Rodgers, but I don't, I mean, there, there are parallels. I just, I do. I think this is a little bit more severe. If you are intending to bring a card um, and, and lie to the league and lie to your teammates going through all that trouble. You just think of nothing but yourself. That's just extremely selfish in my opinion, more so than Rogers. We love to play this game, right? Right. Which is worse. Who was worse? Who, who did the worst thing? And I think you're right. Like that's a, a, you know, it's a little bit more of a deliberate active transgression than, than Rogers just sort of being evasive. This was a little more mm-hmm. deliberately, but then again, Brown went and got, vaccinated then again brown is in every other way a much more contemptible human being than aaron Rodgers. so there's that too so you know whatever it all comes out in the wash everything's pink (laughs) Uh, i just if you if you want to chuckle and again i i shouldn't say that because it's really not funny some of the stuff that this guy has done to other people um but if you Daryl knows this. We used to go back. I, again, I, I, the big thing, I think we miss the boat in, in educating our professional athletes. I think we take for granted and they're used for their physical prowess and their greatness. And, and we just say, ah, whatever, they'll be fine. But we don't educate our athletes to be professional athletes, I think. And, and I think Antonio Brown is just a perfect case where in high school, he was never educated in college, he was never educated. And in the pros, he's never had to be educated. Why would he? Why, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And if it just, and he's a supreme talent and it's just, it's really a shame that he's, 
really screwed up as badly as he has. Well, you know, it's funny, Matt, because what I think ends up happening is players end up, end up getting that counseling and that knowledge from like their agents or their parents or whoever's around them. So you end up with that same sort of result that you get from parenting that every set of parents has their own approach. So you're going to get a zillion different different results where I think if like you suggested this sort of, you know, make college programs more about practical things that will help athletes or maybe we need like an athlete's academy, you know, to just teach them those things. But I think if they all came out with that same base, base of skills, things will be a lot more stable, you know, in their careers. Yeah. And I mean, and I know, I know you two, I think are, are more, you know, I, or I, at least I know Daryl, cause we've had this conversation before where, Hey, if a kid wants to skip college and go right to the pros, go for it. If they want to be not, and, and I kind of think they should have a de- some sort of degree, something like you want to be a professional, anything you go through um, tech school or an apprenticeship, you go through something that, that, and you can hold this certificate that says I can now be professional. And I just think that's where we could do a lot of good four, weeks, four weeks of training camp doesn't count. No, not really. <laughs> not re- you know, I just, because again, all, all of the really bad, if you read about Antonio Brown for a little bit and, and there's some really bad, like you said, there's some, a lot of physical abuse, uh, a lot of pretty nasty allegations in there. If you go to look at the smaller stuff, he just treats people really bad. Like little things, how immature is this? I, and there's video of it where he's, he's at this doctor with his buddy and one of his friends is recording him and he gets his doctor who's doing this. Uh, I don't know if it was a chiropractor or some sort of specialist is doing an exam on his body. And like Antonio Brown intentionally turns his body and like farts in the guy's face and laughs about it. And I know it's, it, it's, he's not, but it, it's the mentality to do that. When you put all these other things into place, you're just like a sleaze ball, you know? And, and, I hope Antonio Brown doesn't listen to this show and, and sue. I hope he does actually and knows exactly how much right. we all loathe him because Antonio Brown, you suck. <laughs> but in the same, not to defend him because he has done, uh, he has, there's are a lot of alleged nasty things that he's done. So it's not in defense of him, but in defense of the professional athlete as a whole, I also think it's human nature if they've never had to be accountable for anything, why, like, are we fooling ourselves to think that, well, when he's 22 and has $10 million in his bank account, all of a sudden he's going to learn how to be accountable right. for his actions. No. He simply no. isn't. No, so, but, I, but I, I just hate using that as the, as any excuse for bad behavior. At some point as a human being, he's got to become aware that he's a, a, a violent human being. Oh, and I got a lot of times here. We, I, we can beep the, we can beep these things, Daryl. It's okay. No, I, I mean I agree with you. I and like I said, I'm not making an excuse, but I just you the the type of human being that you are going to be and the type of adult that you are, you become that through your upbringing and through your education. But and there's also a point as an adult where you have to separate yourself from what happened to you as a child. And you have to, at some point as an adult, you have to take some sort of responsibility for who you are as an adult. I agree. And I, yes. Ideally, but it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't work that way. So many times abused kids go ahead and become abusive parents. You know, it's just the way, just the way things happen. 
Well, then the, at that point, you should lose your privilege to play in the National Football League. Okay, but can I just say one thing quickly? Because I know you we're say all one thing. Um, I got to really hand it to Bill Belichick and what he, the job oh. he did on the off season. He he got together. He he spent a ton of money, and he spent it well. And Kyle Van Noy is like the best defensive player in the league. The team is just doing great. And it's, you know, it's credit to Belichick, both as a GM and as a coach. We, we did that last week. We did that quite thoroughly. I agree. I agree. He's done a great job. So did Matt. Matt agreed last yep. week. Okay. I, we didn't, we didn't get to school shootings, which, which, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. again, like another two in a week. And this is just, we're going downhill. I want to throw something. I got I, done for four days in the house and then it's used. I've got one thing I want to mention really quickly. I watched the movie last night that was so odd and disturbing that I need other people to watch this and tell me this is actually what I saw. It's called Motorama 1991. It's about a 10-year-old kid who's taking a road trip across the country to try and play this gas station game, and that's the only normal thing about it, and it's a 10-year-old kid driving across the country by himself. It is the weirdest frigging thing I have ever seen. I just, I'm so, I'm going to have to watch it. Not interested, not watching it. Watch it. Please watch it and tell me if I really did see what I saw because it's not like gory or gross or disturbing. It's just really, 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 really weird. But it's got a bunch of really cool cameos and appearances by all sorts of people. Like, oh my God, it's that guy from that thing. And it's it's something to be watched, please. Uh, Motorama. That's all I got. I've got a better one, Made. Made is really interesting. Oh yeah, Joe's watching that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really it, interesting. It, it, it's it's heartbreaking actually. I've seen a first yeah. episode. But hey, everybody, thanks for listening and uh, have a great week. Tune in next week to Netflix and Chill with Baker, Big D, and Joe. <laughs> thanks everybody. See you next week.